The Paul Kaharski Podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brewing Company, a Nashville original since 2003. Welcome into the Paul Kuharski Podcast. I am Paul Kuharski. I uh, appreciate you coming along for the ride. Heading into week 10, Titans' last game before the bye week, a tough one. Best offense they're going to see. Fully expecting Patrick Mahomes back. All indications are he will be back. All indications are this would still be a tough game if Matt Moore were quarterbacking the Chiefs. Titans lose cornerback Malcolm Butler, the gritty, competitive cornerback. Um, you know, maybe not been playing worth his contract, but been playing well enough to be a big part of the secondary, which is a strength of the team. Um, stronger as a unit than the stronger as the sum of its parts than the individual parts. Um, and certainly a challenge here to stop all of their weapons with a quarterback who can extend plays and extend plays and extend plays. Sammy Watkins expected back after some time out with injuries. And then you've got Tyreek Hill uh, as difficult a weapon, maybe as there is Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman, Hardman, the, uh, the rookie, another uh, speedster. You get the running backs, Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, um, back with the coach who who helped him to all of his glory. Just so many people to stop. The the concern here, and a couple weeks ago, I, I do pregame radio. Um, Jonathan Hutton, who works for Titans Radio during the broadcasts, uh, has Jim Wyatt and I about 15 minutes before kickoff. Before the, the Tampa Bay game, we were talking about LaShawn Sims, who was filling in for Dory Jackson. And we know how much this team likes LaShawn Sims and his skill set and how he looked at training camp and the like. And I actually said something stupid like, you know, a game like this where a guy's filling in for a game as he heads towards a free agency year can do a lot for him, you know, like in terms of his his future that's coming. And then he led the charge for the for the Titans just absolutely getting shelled by Mike Evans. They, they like to brag that they shut down Mike Evans late in this game, adjusted and did w- good things, and they ultimately won. So he didn't kill them, but he sure killed them. So this week when Dean Pease talked to the local media, he was asked about his confidence in LaShawn Sims and about if Mike Evans, uh, you know, was any kind of harbinger uh, 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 for, for what's to come facing all these Kansas City receivers. LaShawn will be prepared. I don't worry about LaShawn. He'll, he'll step up and he'll do a good job. Uh, obviously, I don't like losing Malcolm. I don't like losing anybody, ever. You know, it's just, it's always tough when you lose a starter. It's even tough when you lose a backup. You just, uh, you need everybody all the time, but that's the nature of this business. It's never going to change. It hasn't changed in all the years I've been around here. I mean, you always end up losing some starters and uh, backup guys got to step in there, and I feel very confident with LaShawn. Are there things LaShawn maybe takes out of the Tampa game that will help him here? Sure. I think any, you know, anytime just getting in the game and, and having some experience and playing in the game, you know, is always a good thing. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would agree with that. I think he, he'll, you know, just having played in that game will help him play in this it game. It wasn't the smoothest or, or the. Numerically, it wasn't the most effective performance, not just him, but on Evans, generally speaking, you guys. Yeah, it's totally different different type of receivers, though. Um, 
you know, you really can't compare those. I don't think you can compare those two. It, it was different with, it was even different game plan and calls and stuff. So I, I just don't think, I, I wouldn't compare what happened in Tampa Bay to what can happen in Kansas City. I wouldn't. So I, I go into this Chiefs game, no matter what Dean Pease said there, feeling a lot less good about LaShawn Sims than I would have had I not seen what did and did not happen um, against Evans and against the Bucks. Um, certainly, uh, it's going to take a collective effort by the secondary um, to slow all of these guys down. And, you know, it's uh, a lot about the quarterback here, too, extending plays. You can only cover for so long. Secondaries talked, Mike Vrabel's talked about needing to cover longer. Uh, easier said than done. They have to obviously have to get a rush going up there. Um, and that's uh, easier said than done as well. Um, the thing about this game, first off, and I've written about it this week, Titans still have a slim playoff hope. They're really only one and a half games out of uh, the last wild card spot, which belongs to the Colts. It's really two games because, uh, you know, the Colts have a win over the Titans as a tiebreaker, but the Titans play the Colts again. So it's not inconceivable mathematically for them to, to vault the teams they need to vault to get there. What's inconceivable is for the Titans to string together enough good football uh, to win against the, the better teams that are coming up here, starting with the Chiefs, right? Starting with the Chiefs and on a schedule that then includes – a rematch with Jacksonville at Indianapolis now in the playoffs at Oakland, a team that's ahead of them on this list. Uh, Houston at home now in the playoffs, New Orleans at home now in the playoffs and one of the best teams in the league at Houston now in the playoffs and winning the division. It's hard to picture them rattling off the kind of win streak they did last year against much lesser opponents. When Derrick Henry carried them to four wins in a row, Hard to envision a, a lot of success there based on what the Titans have shown us so far. If you really want to hold out hope, you can look at it and say, well, you know, last year, very similar team found an avenue to beat Philadelphia, found an avenue to beat New England, found an avenue to go to Dallas on a Monday night and win. This team doesn't have one win like that, better yet three. And so, you know, if you were going to give it three wins like that, they would be coming up here. And they would start probably with a win against the Chiefs to get them to five and five and into their bye week. Uh, I know the Vegas number looks weird. It started at three before Mahomes became much of a certainty. And I think now it's at six. That number, I don't talk numbers very much, strikes me as low. Often when the number seems off like that, what happens is the team you think should be more of an underdog winds up winning. Well, there's no science there, but it looks weird. On the offensive side of the ball, what this team does is does not start well often enough, averaging eight points a game in the first half. In the five losses, it's got one touchdown in the first half, four of those five games, no points in the first half. And it, it seems like, they have all week to game plan, and the game plan doesn't pan out at all in the first half. Then it plays its better football offensively in the second half after making adjustments. I had a chance to ask offensive coordinator Arthur Smith just what's going on there. Well, I think that, again, that can be skewed. Um, we got to eliminate the negative plays. So a lot of times you get into them, and this is where the, 
the biggest issue we got to fix, and we're talking about consistency, is you get into your preparation. But like last week, you get in the second drive, and all of a sudden you're overcoming. Now it's first and 25. Well, you get a positive play. Now it's you know second and 23. And that's the stuff. So then you get into different situations of it, and it kind of throws you back. And then when you get back on track, you're able to get into your plan. And then the biggest thing, and I think this is a huge part of the NFL, you got to be able to adapt. You go into halftime, obviously you don't want to be stubborn, like this didn't work, that worked. Now let's make the make some I would adapt on the sideline. And that happened multiple times, and that's the stuff I believe in. you got to be able to adapt. But to answer your first question, we got to be better to start and not shoot ourselves in the foot. Why, why do you think, though, the penalties and the stuff that gets you in second and long, third and long, tends to happen early in the first half and then goes away more in the second half? You know, that's a, the, the biggest thing you look at it, like how do they happen? You know, they're all not the same. And so it's been week to week, whether we got called for a holding or you get called for a procedure penalty. You know, that's, that's another one that goes into the first half that doesn't get talked to. There are two of them, right? You get the explosive run by Derek, it's called back. You get into the one you call, you call a run for him, now you got a false start after an, an explosive play. And that's the stuff we have to eliminate. And so we're working very diligent to make sure it's, it's not just one person. We, and that's the biggest thing I to be accountable for. We've got to be more consistent there from the jump. It still just doesn't make sense the problems they're having, the penalties, the negative plays seem to all come early in a game when they have. And I wrote a piece this week. Uh, I wrote a piece right after the loss of Carolina about these first half woes that they're getting like 40% of their offense in the first half, how many times they've had too few plays in the first half, et cetera, et cetera. If they're going to go on some kind of run, if they're going to pull some of these upsets, they have to play better first-half offense. And once in a while, you have to come out guns blazing, commit no penalties, execute the game plan, and let's see what Art Smith's first 15 look like where you could run them somewhat in order, and we can see the script because we haven't even seen the script. They don't look anything uh, like themselves. Or like what they intend to look like. We don't even know what that is. Hardly. Uh, we've seen it. We saw it in Atlanta. But we don't see it very often. Special teams. Ryan Suckup. This team has missed eight field goals. Cairo Santos and Ryan Suckup. Um, Cody Parkey did his part. But <clears throat> Suckup had a very, very poor first game back. Missed three field goals. Titans can't live with that based on their slim margin for error. Um, suck up, stood up and said, you know, nobody to blame, but me. Um, and then this week, uh, a couple of us had a chance to chat with him just about how he goes forward from off a bad week like that. Here's what he had to say. You know, I think one of the things is uh, you got to be able to bounce back. And so that's what I focused on this week. And uh, that's what we were ready to go do on Sunday. Was there, was there any, Anything mechanical, anything similar about the, the three? Or was it just kind of a fluky day? Um, yeah, I think obviously I just didn't do a good enough job. And so, um, you know, I think we've, we've kind of looked at it and ready to get back out there this week and, and knock them through. What's the balance between sort of looking at it and looking at it and looking at it and just saying, you know, it was a bad day, I got to move on and, and I'm not going to think about it too much? Yeah, I think uh, you know. I think that's a good point. I think um, you can kind of make yourself sick if you sit there and, and dissect it too much, and you can think about it too much. So I try to look at it, learn from it, and then uh, honestly just get back out on the practice field and um, and knock them through. And that's kind of what I've what I'm hoping to do. 
Titans need to reliably call on Ryan Suckup on Sunday against Kansas City. They need to get every point off of his foot that they ask him to get. Field goals, no matter the distance. They can't be asking, obviously, for something that's beyond his range, which it has to figure out and dial in and lock in uh, in pregame and again at halftime. Can't be missing extra points. Have to get everything they need from him, period. No special teams questions. Khalif Raymond, they obviously feel is an upgrade from Darius Jennings. He's got a little more zip, a little more speed. How about a, a field returning, a field flipping return in this game? How about a touchdown? This is the kind of game where uh, if they're going to pull an upset, they need something big like that. Travis Kelsey is somebody we have not spoken about here, and uh, we haven't even discussed him too, too much on the midday 180, 104.5, the zone where I uh, am on the radio 10 to 2 every weekday with my good friends Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Travis Kelsey um, has 49 catches for 666 yards. That's an average of 13.6, a very nice number on a team with all those other guys we talked about, two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey was killing the Titans in the playoff game two years ago. And then Jonathan Cyprian delivered a brutal shot that left him with a concussion and knocked him out of the game and really – Helped turn the tide there. I didn't mention Kelsey amongst all the guys the Titans have to stop. Uh, but Kevin Byard, Jayon Brown, if he uh, if his groin is healthy enough to allow him back in, or Wesley Woodyard, some combination of these guys, Logan Ryan, going to have to slow him down. Or uh, it may not matter how they're doing on all these wide receivers. Travis Kelsey, uh, as dangerous a tight end as you're going to find, and somebody that they're going to have to uh, contend with. Titans going to have to score some points in this game to hang. I, I don't see a major shutdown of uh, of the Chiefs in this one. I've been giving you stats at the end of these podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brew, uh, a great brewery here in Nashville, Tennessee. They have something for everybody. I love the Hefeweizen. I encourage you to. Pick up a six-pack for home. Take a 12 or, or a case to the uh, friend's house where you're going to watch games this weekend. Order some at the bar you go to. And if you're a member of paulkuherski.com, head to the Facebook page and look at the event coming up. This podcast next week will be live Monday night from the Doghouse Saloon. You're only invited if you're a member, and it's only about the first 25 members. We'll have a discount on Yazoo. We're going to record a live podcast at six um, with some of you jumping on to ask questions. We're going to record a live podcast. So it's, I think it's going to be a live broadcast. Then the podcast will also be available after the fact. And uh, so discounted beers, everybody there who's a member of the site gets paulkuherski.com hat. They're pretty sweet if you haven't seen them. Um, and then we'll hang out and we'll watch some of the San Francisco Seattle uh, Monday night football game. It'll be a good time. I look forward to gathering with some of you there. So check that out. If you're a member on the uh, private Facebook page, and if you're not a member, it's a good occasion to join, come out to that event, get a little uh, bonus apparel, cheap beer, meet the gang. It's a fun group. So um, you're also missing out on a lot. You missed the Frank Wycheck podcast, which was for members only. You missed Blake Bettingfield's 
uh, scouting previews and reviews, everything I write in private Periscope and Facebook lives, which a lot of people think are the highlight of uh, membership. So please take a look. We'll finish here with four stats of interest. Derek Henry has 54 rushing attempts to the right side this season, to the right side this season, tied for the second most about of NFL running backs. Why so much to the right, given the money the Titans have spent on Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold? This confuses me. I don't have their numbers to the left, but if they're running the second most to the right, they certainly aren't running as much to the left. This befuddles me. Tennessee Titans wide receivers have picked up first downs on 29 receptions in the fourth quarter this season, second most in the NFL. I would not be that impressed by this because the Titans have lost five games, oftentimes trailing by enough that they're playing against the prevent defense that is allowing an 11 yard throw on, uh, third and 12 and um, or I'm sorry, allowing first down throws, allowing a 12 yard throw on third and 11 because they just don't want to get beat deep. And so they'll let you gradually march down the field. I'm not a big believer in prevent prevent defenses like most people aren't, but I don't think this stat has the meaning we would like for it to have. Two Ryan Tannehill stats. One Ryan Tannehill stat. I'm sorry, I overpromised. Four stats, I've got three. Ryan Tannehill has been sacked 13 times since week six, the third most of qualified quarterbacks. The Chiefs have sacked the quarterback 15 times since week six, the second most in the NFL since that span. Titans. Uh, so Tannehill sacked 13 times since week six. The Chiefs have sacked quarterbacks 15 times since week six. Need to protect Tannehill well. He needs to get the ball out of his hand. People need to get into their routes and get themselves open, get separation quickly for him. And he's going to need to get the ball out of his hand, either throwing passes or throwing the ball away when he finds himself in trouble a um, lot of ingredients they're going to have to go into things if the titans are to pull an upset here i'm starting to try to convince myself they can do so i don't know why i think kansas city's obviously really good and they've actually been really good on the road there are going to be a ton of chief fans at nissan stadium on sunday I'd be curious to see what the Titans turnout is with fans so upset with this team at this time, four and five heading into week 10, getting ready for the bye. Uh, please check out my other podcast elsewhere, which you can also find anywhere you get your podcasts. This week's episode short and sweet, but uh, very sentimental about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. I hope you'll check it out. I appreciate you coming here. Uh, I will talk to you again with the paulkuharski.com podcast Monday night, live from the doghouse in Nashville. Again, if you're a member and you're interested, get to the Facebook page. That's where you can register to come to that event. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. 
Thanks for visiting. Don't block the box. Do lock the locks. The Paul Kaharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkaharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. Mm-hmm.